Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How do we pronounce your name? Aha, good question. <laughs> Before we start. So it's... Well, there's two ways I explain it that work. It's either a, Darren, yeah. and. Yeah. Okay. And it rhymes with another land. Okay. A, Darren, and. Yeah. I'm gonna zip Does that work? Really yeah. A, Darren, hand. No, no, a hand, and. A, Darren, hand. No, not hand, and. <laughs> a, Darren, and. A, Darren, and. That's it. A, Darren, and. Yeah, have we Francisco Renner Club socks? We're drifting in here, guys. Have we started? Because we're not running, but we are talking socks. No, but I quite like the bit before we start running. Yeah, I know. And I know Steve does. And we don't sound out of breath. You know that Steve's going to include all this. No, but I like it. I, I love it like too. It. I think I know. Is, I quite San, like is, San, is San Francisco Runners Club a decent club? Because I know someone who's, who's moving out to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, they've got some amazing runners actually. They're, they're really? mainly a kind of, well, I, from my experience, because I was there to run an ultra ultra marathon. So right, they seem to be mainly an ultra club. Okay, they run up some massive mountain every morning. Nice. Dylan like Bowman it. is there, and uh, like it, like sort of quite other. monastic, yeah. sort of monk-like. Yeah, well, our run today is, is not going to be, uh, it's not very dramatic compared to some of the runs we've done. Yeah. No, so we're going to run, uh, do you want to chat us through the run before we start running? Okay, we're going to well, r- start running very, very soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and we want to welcome you. It's running competition. This is a good This is a good This. I just wanted to save her for once the moment before we start running. Because yeah. it's quite it a nice, it's moment. a beautiful moment, moment is it? You know you're going to be running. You know what? There's the something about the anticipation. Kenyans do this a lot. When they start off, they start off. And sometimes they can walk for 10 minutes before they actually start running. <laughs> and then someone will just, and then they'll go at this pace, tiny, and then just tiny little jogging. step, and then gradually build up. We don't like have it. to start <laughs> running anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really the uh, the uh, third voice you're hearing, uh, um, listeners, is uh, Adara Ann Finn, who's uh, um athlete, author, running with the Kenyans, the way the runner. Yeah. And so you've, you're working on another one at the moment about ultras, are you? Yep. Yep. When, when's that coming out? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about it at length, but yeah. you can give it a quick plug now so we know. When's that coming out? Uh, 2019. Right. So it's a bit of a long process because I've got to... I decided I had to end on a big race. Okay. So I picked the UTMB. But of course, to run the UTMB, you've got to qualify. So you've got what's, to do all these. What's the UTMB? So it's the Ultra Mont Trail Blanc? Mont Blanc. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Which wow. is uh, <laughs> a pretty epic 105 miles. It's 
it's kind of like the Super Bowl of ultra running. All the top runners end up. Kind of and how do you go about qualifying for that one? Well, you've got to run a ridiculous number of hard races just to qualify. So I've actually got to do this. Let's go up here. I slightly uh, ruined that thing where we drifted really easily into the run yeah. um, by kind of not being able to run. I've got a deep pain in my... I went from sh- <laughs> shuffling to limping. It wasn't, it wasn't that cool. So, sorry, you've got to run a million ultras. Well, just to qualify, this year I'm doing... So I did a 100k run in California, which is... Uh, that was the first one. Yeah. Then I'm doing uh, the Ring of Fire in Anglesey which is 170 miles or something over three days. And then I'm going to do a 100-mile race, which is uh, in the south of France, 100-mile. That's just to qualify. Right. And you don't have to do them in a certain time? No, you just have to finish all three. Okay. So uh, as long as I finish. So, yeah, I'm not not killing myself at this stage. I mean, I'm still building up the training, ultra training. Uh, I'm not quite there yet. So you're coming off the... You did the comrades. I did comrades. So then there's a few other races for my research that I want to do, but they're not qualifying races for UTMB. So I do those on top. So they're more like iconic races, aren't they? I mean, yeah. the, com- the comrades is an iconic ultra. How did yeah. you find it? It's an incredible race. I can, yeah, Possibly, I've heard so many good things about yeah. it. Possibly the most epic race I've ever done, actually. I don't well. know what it was. There's something about 18,000 people going that far yes putting that much effort in because they're not all elite or they're not even a lot of them not even that serious runners in South Africa it just seems to be if you're at all into running you do comrades eventually so a lot of them are are very amateur runners and they really like over half the field finishing the last hour there's a cut off 12 wow. hours. The drama of and the last hour, you can imagine. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I stayed around, I finished in eight, 8 hours 44, but I was told about the drama of the end, so I stayed around. I was like in tears watching it, because <laughs> right. you go into the last couple of minutes and people are carrying each other over the line. That's amazing. That's and really helping each other, but then you get this dramatic moment where, bang on 12 hours, they, they close the so gate. Look, this is everyone sitting yeah, watching look, we, can, we can see what the score is. Yeah. Let's check out Brilliant. the score. Conta's playing Serena and it's going with serve. Excellent. <laughs> Conta. So she's 4 1 down in the We're first set. 4 3. 4 3 is it, right? But uh, she's serving. So. so it's going with serve. Going with serve. Wow. That's great. Ooh. So, wow. yeah, it's interesting, is it? That, that kind of cultural thing. They say that, you know, it's very hard to believe when you haven't done it. But yeah. we've had a lot of talk recently about running an ultra yeah. isn't something you necessarily need to be fit for so much as a mindset yeah it's definitely a mindset I mean it depends like any like any race I mean a marathon is too but most people once they set themselves up to do a marathon they, they set themselves a specific time goal and then obviously depending on how good you are running how fit you are how much training you do you know you go for your particular time but generally with ultras most people would just be trying to finish yeah and so to get through an ultra just to get to the finish is that's largely a matter of keeping your mind right. and your body not breaking down completely, you know, not getting injured. Or, so kind of maintaining, so you, maintaining um, your body, really. You, you got a little injury post-comrades, you were saying, before we started running. Yeah, well, just a small one. There was, uh, they have these things called buses yeah. in uh, comrades. They're not what you think. You don't actually get a lift. Okay. But they're <laughs> like pacemakers. Yeah. Uh, but... Every, lots of big groups congregated behind the pacemakers. So I jumped on one of the buses. That's how they, they talk about jumping on the bus, taking a seat on the bus. So right. I took my seat on the bus for a couple of hours. I was running in this huge group of about 200 people. 
And it was it was epic because we were the first of all the buses, the pace buses. Yeah. And so people were uh, as we were coming into the A stations, you could hear the there was always someone on a microphone wherever you went, going the first bus is coming, really and cheering. people were getting yeah. very excited. <laughs> yeah. And we were just like swarm into the A station, like 200 people grabbing stuff, and they swarm out. And the guy leading it was he was brilliant. I mean, how he was running that fast and talking at the same time, pretty much the whole way. I don't know, but. He, at one point, every now and then, he gets to do a short walk. Because right. you've got to, like I say, preserve your body. It's a long way. So every now and then, we do like a 30-second walk, particularly if we were going up a steep hill. Uh, but he was getting us to stretch out our calves as we were doing it. Right. Uh, just as a way of keeping yourself loose, I guess. Yes. But 20 miles Good in, idea. Yeah. suddenly my calf went. <laughs> and right. I, I put it down to that stretching, which is something I don't normally do when I'm right, out running right. and start stretching my calf midway through. And despite it being something the guy was suggesting, you're not really supposed to do anything you wouldn't normally do, are yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I shouldn't really have joined in. But you get into this kind of... Thank you. Well, it's called comrades. The, the group, it's a the real group mode, yes. There is a real spirit in the race. You know. Everybody kind of... So talk to, me, talk to me just briefly about that, that moment when the gate shut up at 12 hours. Oh. That must be pretty tough I mean, for it, people. I mean, literally like, the gate shutting on you. Yeah, I mean, I've written a piece on it, which hasn't right. been published yet, but I kind of saw it. It was almost like the gates of heaven. You know, with a couple of minutes to go, people were like, <laughs> arms aloft, <laughs> like proclaiming the lights were on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or the other way of describing it is like, you know the story of the Pied Piper and he brings all the people, all the kids up to the, to the cave and then the last kid doesn't get in. The door closes. That's and a tough moment, isn't suddenly it? Suddenly all the lights go off, the music stops oh. and, then, <laughs> and, and people just collapse in the floor in despair. They've been running for 12 hours. Yes. Like yeah. way beyond themselves anyway. And they get that close, they get within sight or within 10 metres, 50 metres of it and then they, and they don't make it. And then they play the last post on a <laughs> solitary trumpet. Just to wind them up, even. <laughs> and, uh, oh, it was, that is kind of mean. It's well, kind of mean. part of why people like the race, so obviously, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. That sort of brutality. Apparently, is. that's the most popular bit. This, they have wall to wall 12 hour TV coverage, yeah. but that gets the highest view of people. Course it does. <laughs> that's wonderfully <laughs> negative. Yeah. All this positivity. But there was a lot of positivity in the, in the people just making it. I mean, the people who were getting there in the five, even two minutes, one minute, 30 yeah. seconds before. Yeah. So that's another yeah. famous yeah. <laughs> Uh, they, I mean, they, they were you know they were euphoric, and they, and also there was a lot of people who were clearly broken down, not far from the line, who were being carried across the line yes. by other runners, and it was uh, it's drama, isn't oh, it? It was such like drama. drama. Yeah. yeah. But you said um, you've you've compared that kind of finish line moment to heaven before. That was what yeah. the guy yeah. said in New York, and it's That's really true. nice to think of it that way because. Um, because it, it can be a bit of a non-moment, can't yeah. it? And I suppose that that is uh, proportional to how far yeah. you've come. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. That a couple of times finishing the London Marathon. It's like, obviously, yeah. it's just the London Marathon <laughs> compared to some of the stuff we've just been talking about. But nevertheless, you fight and fight and fight for that finish line. Yeah, yeah. And you go over it, and then it's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not only <laughs> just the just run, is it? It's all the training and the lead-up to it. That's right. The and whole it's, it's, I've been mean, six months or three months of, you know, targeting this and then you, f- you finally cross the line. Oh, emotions run really high. I mean, uh, yeah, comrades, and it's happened to me a couple of times in marathons. I've been unable to stop myself crying, and I yeah, don't really know why. I'm, just, I'm not <laughs> sad, 
I've done all right. I think it's a relief, isn't it? A relief, a relief you can stop yeah. running. So yeah, or the release. And the tiniest thing can set you off. Yes. Like someone having a hug with someone. Or, you know, you just, oh, my God. So imagine that then when there's this gate closed. Or someone shutting the gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, my God. And do they, do they deny them food as well? Is that it? Is there no well, th- actually, the first person, <laughs> I think there's some kind of award for the... F- the kind of the first person who gets there after they shut the gate. Right. I think they become a bit of a celebrity, <laughs> like the person who got closest but didn't make it. But, uh, no, the rest of them are just shut out and they they come back to fight another day. Amazing. Yeah. So so what's so the, the Mont Blanc one is when's that? Like, what have so, you got to so, now then? So you have to qualify by the end of this year. Yeah. So I've got I've done one. I've got two more races. Then the race isn't actually until next September. Yeah. So. Uh, so what's next from now? So I've got so I've got those two qualifying races. I'm also doing a 24-hour track race, Ooh. which is probably the scariest of all the races. That's I'm like doing. the that's such an yeah. old form, isn't that's it? Yeah. The 24-hour track track race. Be pretty mental. Yeah. Itself, yeah. Isn't it? Well, it's called the self-transcendent oh, 24-hour race. Shri uh, Shimnoi. Yeah, it's the Shri yeah. Shimnoi race in Tooting. And so I think there's supposed to be some kind of, you know, spiritual. You're going to effort. transcend something, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get beyond something. I mean, the organisers. You told me last time, like normally when you do ultras, you, it's you versus the mountain or you versus the desert. But here, there's nothing to fight. It's just right. you versus you. Oh gosh. So it's like. Yeah, it sounds pretty it's tough. It's all in the mind. Oh yeah, it makes you think of the bit in Papillon. What is it, Steve yeah. McQueen? Yeah. Where he walks as long as he can in his cell. Yeah. And then when he comes out, he can only go that far and then collapse. <laughs> he has to go again. Yeah. A lot of 24 hour racing is, as far as I understand it, coping with sleep deprivation, isn't it? And so yeah, I guess you so. You can run through the night. I mean, oh. yeah, I haven't done. So I've done four ultras now, but none of them have involved running more than 12 hours. Right. So I haven't done any of that. So that'll be the, that'll be the first one where that happens. How have you found the transition because you didn't you did from Sorry. what i understand you did marathons and yeah various you know and got faster and yeah. kenya japan but how we found the transition to ultras just physically i mean what, what what's are you doing a lot more miles in training now your average week or well to be honest i'm, I'm transitioning slowly i'm it's a it's a process which I'm, I'm very much at the beginning of. Right. Uh, so, t- to be honest, I haven't done any more training than I did for any of the marathons so okay. far. Okay. But I am planning to. Keep telling my coach. In next month. <laughs> right. So, you're I've probably got a big wise, though, aren't you, to take it gradually? Well, I've got until next September, at least, yeah. Yeah. to try and keep my body together. So, I build up to, I'm running about 50 miles a week now. Yes. But I need to do more than that. I mean, both, well, all the, all the ultras I've done, I definitely could have been fitter and could have run them better. I mean, I did okay in the more. I finished some more, considering I had done ultras before. It's the balance, isn't it? How, exactly. how old are you? I'm 43. Right, so, so, so you're still strong, but you're not as, maybe yeah. as strong as yeah. as you were. Yeah, I mean, I think right? I've I mean, got to be, got to be, be a, little bit, a little bit cautious, maybe. Yes, I think about so, breaking yeah. down. I have had quite a few injuries in the past, so right. you know, and in terms of writing a book about it all... It's going to be a bit of a boring book if I get injured half yeah. the And when you say you've had a few injuries <laughs> in the past, yeah. they've been quite balanced, or are you, uh, do you have a recurring you have weak spots? Well, I, so I've been on this journey of transitioning to basically getting swept away with Chris McDougall's Born to Run initially. Yeah. yeah. Transitioning to being a four-foot runner. And right. then encountering a whole new set of problems. I'm realising it isn't quite as simple as 
just changing it when they fall more wearing more minimalist shoes as the whole process of kind of building your strength your core strength no sorry <laughs> so I'm asking for a that's cigarette. brilliant <laughs> so I'm still on that journey so so my injuries before but what's interesting is I had quite a lot of knee problems before I did that right and I have had no problem with my knees since then since you tried since, since you moved to fourth yeah I mean right. these are fairly standard shoes but they are racing flats I tend to run in like racing flats right but definitely landing four foot but I have so you basically took your heels out of the uh, operate out of the uh, yeah well I definitely think there's less impact but without having mastered the form and Thanks. having perhaps the mobility I, sh- I really need yeah right which I'm still working on but I've got some great techniques which I'll be I won't go into in depth now but something called anatomy and motion has been helping me a lot uh, anatomy in motion. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's, I don't really understand it. I've been to see the guy who devised it, and I need to interview him properly. But he gave me some movements to do, and it. So then I had Achilles problems when I transitioned, which is very common. Right. A lot of people transition, their knees start hurting, their Achilles start hurting. Thanks. So I'm a kind Oops, of typical sorry. in that way. Thank but you. he's managed to get my Achilles to stop hurting. So I'm pretty much... Well, then I had that injury at Comrades, but I put that down to overstretching the calf. But uh, so you've, you've I feel sort of pretty per- much solid at the moment. You've got a little That's bit of a cast gone. What, I've got some methods, some techniques for for countering stuff, but we'll see. That, that's only recently that the Achilles have stopped hurting, so we'll see how long it lasts. Just to explain to everyone, now we're basically in the Camden food yeah. market. Yeah, this <laughs> got more and more exciting <laughs> down the canal, and now we're walking through. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. The food looks just amazing. I used to actually hate kind of running in London, and then I saw some advert for some running company I can't remember which one it was yeah Yeah. and it was this guy running through some busy city and they made it look so cool it is quite dramatic actually yeah you know all that avoiding people and stopping and starting it's it's, It's okay it's okay and I actually live in Devon right okay yeah I do spend half the week running on the coast path and on the moor so So it's it's nice to to see people yeah. yeah 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 and and I figure even the stopping and starting is good training really it's good training for ultras as well isn't it you do a bit of walking, you do a bit of dodging people. We're popping out the other side, it is brilliant. Oh, so. Especially on a sunny day, it's always busy. And schools are probably just out as well. <laughs> so the, let's go talk about the, uh, about the books. You say you're influenced by, there by the Born to Run. Yeah. But your first... Am I right in saying you, Running with the Kenyans was your first yeah. sort of long non-fiction venture yourself? Yeah. Well, part of the reason I was so intrigued by the barefoot running story that Chris McDougall told was because all the research uh, that the guy he talks about had done from Harvard was based on studying Kenyan runners. Right. So I figured, God, this all ties in perfectly. And when I got there, well, first thing, I, when I got there, I was, I was fully expecting that the, the secret of Kenyan running was I got so into it that I thought the secret is they run barefoot it's, right. it's done I've worked this out already I mean Chris has already told the story but I'm going to you know, prove it by going to Kenya and so I got there and went for my first few runs and nobody was running barefoot nobody not a single soul all in big chunky really big chunky really trainers. Big trainers so I was a bit confused by that but then I went to a schools race and at the schools race all the kids were barefoot in fact each race was maybe two or three kids who had shoes on yeah and this was a cross-country inter-schools cross-country competition 
And in every race, the last two kids with a couple of kids with shoes on. So that was interesting. Yeah, so and I realised, so they grow up running barefoot. They go to school wearing sandals or flip-flops. and Yeah. Or barefoot. A lot of them wear are barefoot going to school. And so they build oh, up this core strength in their feet and also great running form. Yes, yeah, yeah, But yeah. then... Hey. Musical interlude. There's lots so of then people. they see running barefoot as a sign of... You know, poverty, not something to aspire to. Right. So as soon as they become serious as runners, the first thing they need to do is get a pair of shoes so they can look like a runner and feel like a runner. But I think by then, their kind of strength, foot strength and core stability is so strong that they still get massive benefits from you know, years of running barefoot. But it clearly isn't the only factor. And, and it's interesting in my book... The subtitle of Running with the Kenyans was Discovering the Secrets of the Fastest People on Earth. Yes. And uh, I come up with the you know, conclusion that there isn't a secret, that it's a whole a combination of factors. Of factors. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Which I think most sensible people uh, agree with. But it's funny, uh, but no one in, in the UK ever questioned that. Everyone thought it was pretty good. But in the US, in America, for a lot of people, that was really problematic. They felt let down. They felt like we read this book. What's the, what's and we the, haven't learned the secret. <laughs> yeah, what's what's the, the point in this? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. can't just like become like Kenyan runners. I wanted to read this book and have something I could do, you know, which is, I guess, what Chris... And, yeah, I think his book's brilliant, Born to Run, but perhaps went over the Overboard top a little bit, in, yeah. in kind of proclaiming this key secret that you could... You could but people do. love it. You know, it's all oh, they love shortcuts, it. isn't it? But it's caused a lot of problems as well. Because people aren't, you know, they're not... We, we spend our whole lives sitting in offices, you know, sitting in the car, yeah. not really being active enough. So you suddenly start running barefoot. Yeah, lots of injuries. Yeah. You, know, you spend your whole life wearing shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your body's not able to deal no, with that. No, exactly. I can't... I've, you know, obviously, don't have my... We've, running commentary listeners are very familiar with me and Paul's grim and troubled feet. But I can't do barefoot. You know what no. I mean? I, I, if I get outside, outside the house, even if I spend time not on the carpet, yeah. I end up limping. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you, you work towards something yeah, like yeah. that, don't you? I mean, I do. One thing, I, 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 so I've started doing these running camps. I've got a running camp a couple of weeks in Kenya, actually. Yeah. I take readers out to Kenya. I also do one in Dartmoor a couple of times a year. I just kind of share all the stuff I've learned, and we go for some wild runs on Dartmoor. Well, I have this core fitness and kind of movement guy in Devon called Joe Kelly. And he's not really a runner, but he comes on these 15-mile runs with us barefoot. Right. <laughs> and all these people come to the camp who are like barefoot runners, but in quotation marks. But they've never seen anyone actually run barefoot. And he just, but he spent years and years just doing everything barefoot, yeah. living up on the moor, just kind of getting into it. Because that's it, it's when you're in that moment, you know, like, I love the idea of running on Dartmoor, but that's some muddy, rocky shenanigans. Yeah, you know? the worst is the, uh, there's lots of, there's kind of hawthorns, that, uh, not hawthorns, gorse, gorse bushes everywhere. Yeah. And Heather. he seems to just run across that. Yeah. He gets the odd spike. He's part hobbit. <laughs> I saw someone running barefoot in there. Uh, Doing the Royal Parks, and right. again, you're just thinking it's London. Yeah, you know, the, 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 bottles of beer were broken yeah. on this road yeah. yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely for very few people can really in, in this country can really actually run barefoot, and you know that's why that's why you don't see hundreds of people doing it because a lot of people have tried it's it. It's very fringe, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but it's not for most of us. It's not going to work. 
and you've got to have, if you want to do it, you've got to spend years building up to it. People don't have that kind of patience. Let's no. be honest. We want the checks. Yeah. We want the one secret. It's, it seems though, that you went to Kenya a little bit to give your own running a little boost as well, though. To yeah. sort of learn by osmosis a little bit. I mean, it's obviously very inspiring to to yeah. run in that environment. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I was my own case study, I guess. Yes. You know, and, uh, and you came back quicker. I did come back quicker. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I wasn't exactly... I thought it was quite a serious runner before I went. But uh, obviously, relative to the levels of dedication you see there, I was a non-runner. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, part of the reason I improved was just the fact I was running more, more consistently. Thank you. But there was definitely a lot of inspiration. What, what Initially, it was inspiration. So initially, I'd go out and I'd say, oh my God, I'm running in a group of Kenyans across the Kenyan countryside. It's incredible. I'm for five minutes at least until yes. they drop me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. I tend to start slow and then yeah. speed up yeah, exponentially I mean, I was, throughout the run, don't they? I was super naive. I had no idea how I was going to run with them when I got there. But I just went out. And luckily for me, it turns out one of their favorite runs is the progression run. Yeah. And they do actually start off ridiculously slow on these progression runs. Like, Nine, ten really slow, back. yeah. And so I can I could last about 20, 25 minutes. But by the end, so we got the, yeah. By the end of six months, it was getting really demoralising. Being dropped on every run, <laughs> being the <laughs> slowest guy in the entire yes. town. Yeah, of course. So it was a real, really exciting to get back to England and go back to my running club and like be in the fast group. My God, I mean, the he's back. I'm he's not back this like weird, <laughs> hopeless case. Who's, for some reason, doesn't seem to be able to run. I'm certainly a fast guy. Start to feel like you were delusional. Because, of fun. course, a, a key aspect that makes it different is most people who run seriously, they run for economically, don't they? They want to yeah. earn, they want to be professional athletes. Yeah. The notion of fun running isn't as developed, is it? Because why waste your time sort of thing? Yeah. I mean, there are, there are fun runners in Nairobi and... and probably a few in Eldoret, but the areas where the runners live in the rural areas. Yeah. It's not an, it's not an option just to go out for a run for just the Just for a laugh, yeah. Uh, it's, they're, they're, they're doing it in the hope of, kind of making money. And if you tell any Kenyan about a running race, that you may be... They want to know if there's any money. The <laughs> yeah, the first question is always... Is there any money involved? Money? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and then, then what happens when you tell them about people who pay big money to do runs? Yeah, they, they struggle... With that concept. <laughs> they must yeah. think it's absurd, yeah. Doesn't make sense. But uh, It's still amazing, the, the strength in depth, though, isn't it, of, of Kenyan yeah. runners? Just the, just the oh, well, there's, there's so many. You talk about, I mean, it can happen. I, I, you say, see it, the pattern over and over again. Like, I remember Kelly Holmes, just a random example, won the double Olympic champion. Ever since then, we've had really strong 1,500-meter runners. Yes. Women, yeah. Women's 1,500-meter Yeah. I mean, there's countless examples... I can't think of any off the top of my head. You get only one or two role models and suddenly, you know, there's a whole load of people. There's a swathe of them, yeah. And then if no one kind of... I mean, there was the Moroccan runners in the 80s after Awita. Awita, yes, yeah. There's loads of examples. But the Kenyans have got this unbelievable supply of role models. Yes, Like everyone basically... A constant churn. And most... There's so many of them that if you're a young Kenyan, the chance are you know a couple of them personally. Yeah. And they're from your village or they're from your your neighbouring village and you see them driving around in their massive car you see them buying houses for all their see family. the change it's led to yeah. and they're all around us right so yeah. they don't sort of necessarily align to one distance because some of the most amazing runners will slam out everything from 800 metres yeah. to miles on end yeah it's interesting they are 
Yeah, because that, that's what's quite interesting. The Ethiopians don't seem to have the middle distance strength that the Kenyans have. Not quite sure why that is. Yes, they, they're, they're strong from 800 onwards, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's some of the greatest 800 runners in the world in history. So. Oh, in the this is lovely, park. isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely gorgeous. Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon, in Regent's Park. <laughs> um... Next question, Your Honour. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to commit now. I'm going to do... I've been saying I was going to do it for all along, but it's going to happen. I'm going to do New York. Okay. And uh, I was planning to do it anyway, but I was quite inspired by your experience. Yeah. Don't uh, think I'm going to match the uh, speed. <laughs> well, I had been in Kenya for six months. Yes. Before, right? I mean, that was part of the reason that was... Uh, that's where I crossed the line and... <laughs> Just coincidentally, I mean, I, I didn't make this up. Some guy across the line, and then I actually had a VIP uh, place, and the VIP finishing area was right by the finish. Yeah, and there was a guy obviously guarding the, the doors because of a friend of mine I met in Kenya, Toby Tanza. He organized it. I'm not, I'm not that famous in my own right, but uh, just I was you I kind of approached us. him. He, he just went, welcome to heaven. <laughs> and I just thought, yeah, that sums it up brilliantly. <laughs> you know, I've been on this, well, by then, like a nine-month journey. This was the absolute finish. And I'd also, I'd had this goal right from the beginning to run a sub-three marathon. Yeah. And I'd run 255. So brilliant. It brilliant. was like, yes. you know, satisfaction was oozing. It did feel a bit like, like heaven. And I say, if you're running a sub-three marathon, you should try and clear it with a good... Ideally, certainly more than a minute, a good five minutes, wouldn't you say that? Well, easier said than done. A mere 39 <laughs> seconds. It's an absolute state, isn't it? Is you, that, you've oh, only done, I was 59.21 this, this year in London. Oh, very good. Well, you know, anything under there. It's an I've absolute got, state, isn't I've it? I've got a colleague at The Guardian who's on. Uh, Nick Mead, his name is, on 2.59. And he just says, as long as it begins with two... Of course. Yeah, it could be 2.15 or 2.59. <laughs> People just hear that too. Of course. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and they're impressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they should be. It's funny, in Kenya, you know, people... Even 2.10 is not really much... Not much to write home about. about. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had a, a funny experience with... She was actually Ugandan. This Ugandan woman was pressing me on my times. And I was always a bit coy about my times because they were so unbelievably bad. So she wanted to make my half marathon time, which at the time was 1 hour, 25, one hour 26. Right. So 86 because yeah. they were always dealing in something close to an hour. So it's 61, 62. So I said, but I was aiming. I had this kind of goal of running under 80. Yes. So it was 79. Yeah. So I kind of fudged it and I said, oh, 70, I'm, I'm aiming for 70-something. Yeah. And she looked horrified at me. And I was like, well, that's a girl's time. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, 15 minutes quicker. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so it's all relative. Of course, yeah. Did you, you did London this year, did you? I did London this year and I had a, actually had a really bad race. Because I had, uh, had my first arch, well, one of my... This 100k ultra two weeks after London, right? The Miwok 100. But for comrades, you have to run a qualifying race, which has to either be a marathon or a 50k, right? So I had to do a, a marathon as well. So I thought, oh, just I felt like I'm training for an ultra, I'll be able to cruise around London 259. You know, I've since done 250, so yeah. the 259 should be I'm fit, strong, and I'll just enjoy it. I'll jog around waving at people. 
And uh, like I that. tried to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work at all. I ended up running 308 and feeling absolutely like hitting the wall again. Like I normally do about 20 miles in and ended up barely going much quicker than walking pace. I've actually, I actually feel that... <laughs> Regardless of how fit you are, just running a marathon faster than three. Yeah. Is, 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 I don't know whether that's ending going to be that, that easy. Well, that's what you I know. suddenly realised. That yeah. Well, at least you know, obviously for you know, a top elite runner, it's easy. But yeah, I but for us, that it's, I, I kind of valued the sub three goal even more than yes. I had. I think from from struggling this year to do it and realising that actually this is still a pretty decent pace I think it is yeah, yeah. you know like not even for like a club runner even for a club runner it's a, it's a pretty serious pace running something and you've got to maintain it you've got to maintain yeah. it post 20 for that, miles for you? that long it's, you're not messing yeah. about no. I think it's in our nature to to, uh, to rate that which we've achieved at naught as part of why it all falls away at that end of six months of training you do a marathon you get to the finish line yeah. you're kind of you're uh, Ego, subconscious, just resets. Yeah, I've done that. I can do that. Yeah. So when yeah. it comes time so to do it again, yeah, yeah. you think of it as being an easy thing. Yeah, but it's not. It's, no, there's a big difference between an achievable thing and an easy thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's Which quite I hard. learned the hard way. Yeah. So I finished that race thinking, my God, am I even going to be able to walk at the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any sort of marathon that you approach with the idea of this will be easy, yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to likely to catch you out. Yeah. Luckily for me, the qualifying time for comrades was five hours. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, you're no danger missing out. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is really nice. It's really good. It's really great because, you know, we stepped away from... The Guardian saying, oh, it's just just London, you know, just the canal. We're not running on Dartmoor or in any of the fantastic places around the world you've been. But actually, London's really showing its best self. Yeah, there's loads of true. people about. The weather's good. That good. heron. Yeah, wildlife, exactly. Yeah, that bloke playing the guitar under the bridge. 
Yeah, it's perfect to see it and, and take it on your own. And we're actually serving today as your warm-up because you're going to do some intervals. Yeah, well... So like are these said, ultra intervals? I mean, are, what's happening here? What, what, what does that mean? What are ultra intervals? Well, I mean, I've got a coach, Tom Craig's, who's given me okay. a schedule, which I, I kind of see as an aspirational schedule. Right. <laughs> He's not listening to this. <laughs> but today yeah. I am actually doing the, uh, the schedule. So I think he's still transitioning me from marathon to ultra, but it's like uh, three times... So basically, it's quite complicated. Sessions can be a bit complicated. So it's a 3K at marathon pace. Right. And then a 1K at slightly slower. Right. And do that three times without any rest in between. So wow. that's kind of ultra-ish, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like high-intensity yeah. for quite a long time. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, weirdly, though, he <laughs> again, I hope he doesn't <laughs> listen to this. But he's, he's given me the distances in kilometres. But then he's told me to run like the... So run three kilometres at six minute 40 pace, which I'm assuming means miles. Yes, you hope so, yeah. So yeah. I'm like... What does that, what watch, does that mean? How does that work my out? My watch yeah. can't measure yeah. kilometres <laughs> and tell me the split yeah. in miles. So I need to... Uh, I, uh, I tend not to, to get too stressed about being exactly on time or exactly on distance. So I, think, I think that's right. I think it's... Yeah. Uh, important not to so leave something for the I imagine you got a bit of that from Kenya as well is yeah, that yeah. they progress they run hard yeah. but they run a lot on feeling exactly yeah yeah which I think is really important I think and I think it's something that we lose contact with so easily I find a surprising number of top runners even even in the west run more on feel than they do on time or on heart rate or so That's I mean there are some who are very much plugged into their mileage and their heart rate I just spent uh, part of my research for the new book uh, when I was in America I spent some time with uh, an ultra runner called Zach Miller yeah who lives this is a great story he, he told me I was kind of scouting around on, on the internet trying to find contacts for ultra runners so I could interview people while I was over there and he he led the UTMB last year for 92 miles and then blew up. Right. But he's won some pretty serious races in the US. Yeah. I'd say he's in the top four or five ultra runners in the world at the moment, in terms of, particularly in terms of reputation. He's very, he's very liked and famous. So he's, I contacted him on Facebook and he said, yeah, you can come and stay. I was like, oh, great, that sounds kind, kind, isn't it? Yeah, very kind. So I was like, oh, well, how do I find you? He said, well, park your car in this town called Manitou Springs. And then I live six miles from the nearest road, up a mountain. <laughs> I was like, what? So, and I wasn't actually quite prepared, when I, even when he told me that when I got there, for quite how arduous the, the climb was. It took me six, uh, three, three hours, I think, <laughs> from parking the car, walking to his house. Yo! Uh, Yo, Finn! And then, you made it! <laughs> Yeah, he's a really low-key guy, actually. Yeah. He just kind of didn't... He just went, oh, hi, yeah. They tend to be very gentle, don't they, ultra-runners? Yeah. At the sharp end of the... I'm sure they are all the, all the way down the field, but you see them. Yeah. There's something about running, though. Is that why we want to run those long distances? To sort of I just wonder, chill out, yeah. the kind of ultimate... I wonder if it slightly requires a, a slightly relaxed mindset or something. I don't know. Yeah. Because I found... Yeah, they're not the sort of people who are like... And, you know, if you think of the opposite extreme, the sprinters are often quite hyper... Quite bullish and... Bullish. Yes. Kind of guys of all Preening. power. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, I mean, it's a massive generalisation, of course. We tend to find most of good ultra-runners, yeah, very kind of low-key and chilled out. Uh, and the, no the notion of 
competing with each other is a bit diff- seems a bit different as well. Yeah. Because it's so over such long distances and so yeah. the time's so yeah. massive. Yeah, it's a very friendly rivalry. So, yeah. Look at this arm. I've got to get a picture of this. Uh, I think as it gets more serious and they start introducing prize money and stuff, yeah, that is changing a little bit. Mm, mm. Uh, I suppose but, it will uh, naturally, yeah. But anyway, Zach was saying we were talking about technology and stuff. That he didn't even have a watch until recently, and he like there was a, like clock on, a clock on the wall in the, in the hut where he lives. Yeah, and he'd go out for runs in the mountains, you know, thinking I'll go for four hours. No idea how long he'd been gone. He'd come back, look on the wall. If it was only three hours, he'd go back out again. It was like <laughs> close to four. He's like, oh, that'll do. So, and he was winning big races like that. I think maybe guy. the uh, really, really tying yourself down to timing it and your watch and, and all that stuff is a little bit like an advanced version of uh, looking for the secret. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. You're still ultimately going to have to work with your subconscious and yeah. your relaxed I'm not, self I'm not sure it helps you get any better but I think some people like it just for the fun of it you know it's just it's kind of fun to look at your statistics afterwards yes, yeah, yeah, to yeah, map yeah. You know, sort of obvious progress it's almost yeah. like a distraction and why not you know if it's it's yeah you get all the, especially like Strava or something it gives you all these bar charts and you know, comparisons, it can be kind of fun looking through them. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of. As long as but it doesn't get too neurotic. Yeah, exactly, yeah. as long as you don't get obsessed with it. Not, well, it's not, you get obsessed with it after the run, but don't kind of tailor your training to. Yes. You think, oh yeah. my God, I, I mean, I've got to beat last week's total. Yeah. I've got to beat last week's pace. You're going to make it a way of measuring what you're yeah. doing already rather than yeah. defining what you do. I think so. If I was on Strava, everyone would be thinking. Doesn't Paul run really slowly yeah. all the time? Well, <laughs> like, you know. I'm, a, I'm quite an advocate of slow running because basically I just say anything the Kenyans do, I say is good. Yeah. And they do a lot of slow running. So I kind of figure my Strava's like proof that I do actually do a lot of slow running. Yes. <laughs> which is, uh, which is so it's fine. That's how I justify going slowly. Because I've, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of got onto Strava when I started the ultra training because I thought it would be useful at the end to work out to have a look how at much it. running I've done. Yeah. So, uh, so you're on Strava now? Yeah, I am. Yeah. We're, uh, we're, 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 we're currently being Stravaed. Oh, they'll know where we are. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've got, I'm after, that's an entirely different episode, but since our adventure in the woods last week, I'm very happy to use uh, GPS the next <laughs> time. <laughs> get a bit lost we, get, we do tend to get lost quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we actually did a shortcut to that kind of zen of uh, running a hundred miles and becoming very calm. We just ran off into woods until we didn't know where we were or who we were. And then sat down and, and meditated. Anyone, got exactly. Got where, part where, of where was this? It was in the Dolby Forest. In Yorkshire. And it was, uh, it was ridiculous, actually, because we thought we'd... Our plan was, my plan was, to take us around the course of a uh, maverick, uh, um, uh, you know, trail run. Um, there was an organised race. an organised race at the beginning of August. So I got the uh, route off them and put it on my map. And uh, we, we, we lost before we were out of the car, weren't we, really? <laughs> <laughs> Headed off in the wrong direction. And for a comment. while I was, was optimistic, comment. although I knew I was, I was out of my depth, yeah. you know, just between these trees. And then we came around the corner, and when we worked out where we were, I just couldn't believe it. I still don't know how we got there. And I've looked at the map a lot since. <laughs> There's a nice book which has come out recently. I can't pronounce the author's name, and he talks a lot about people not pronouncing his name right. So I won't try it, but it's called Footnotes. 
don't know if you've seen it. That must be difficult people having trouble pronouncing your name. Yeah. <laughs> Darren. <laughs> but I haven't met him, so... But anyways, this book, Footnotes, he kind of talks about the joy of getting lost on runs. Yes. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a nice read. I'll have a look for that, yeah. So you went from, the, from Kenya to Japan? Yeah, let's not forget Japan. And the Ekaden uh, relays. Yeah, the, it's a fascinating... It's quite a bizarre thing for us to relate to, isn't it? That sort of corporate yeah. business relay yeah, I mean, culture. So many levels in which Japanese running is fascinating. And it's, because on the surface, you know, they're quite like us. They, they do interval training. They, I don't know, you know, it's, particularly the amateur scene. They, it's very similar to the UK. There's yeah. clubs, people training after work and whatnot. But yeah, there's these two elements. One is the fact that all the biggest races, or the, the races that are bigger in terms of the Japanese public, at least, maybe not necessarily the runners themselves, are these uh, Ekiden relay races. And they, uh, so that's that's one dynamic which changes the whole kind of way you think about running because you're suddenly you're part of a team. Yes. And you've got responsibility to your teammates, and the, it, also the training is slightly tailored slightly differently. So how far how does the relay work, or are they all different? They're all different, and there's some really fascinating ones, but they range from. I mean, the longest one was about a thousand miles. Wow! Although that one, that was between a team of 27. But the the most famous one is uh, is 200 and 212 miles thereabouts uh, from central Tokyo to the foot of Mount Fuji on one day, and then back the next day. Ten runners in a team, so they're running about 21. I mean, it's 212 kilometres. So right. They're running about 21 kilometres each. Uh, and it's epic. I mean, the whole... It's, it really is like the Super Bowl in Japan. It's, it's bigger than anything. It's bigger than... It gets bigger viewing figures than... Like, even the baseball, which is the biggest sport, bigger than the sumo. Wow. It's like... It's huge. It's around on January the 2nd and 3rd, so it's holiday season. Right. And it's like a... It's like a Japanese tradition. Everyone sit down and watch this huge ekiden. Because they've, lo- they've long had a sort of history... Of decent marathon runners, haven't they? Yeah, Japan, yeah. historically. That yeah, they've got a real... Seiko in the 80s and marathon. all that. They just... I mean, they kind of started a lot of... A lot of the big marathons in Japan started in the 40s after the war. Right. As well as the Ekidens at the same time. Whereas you think about the running boom in the West kind of happened in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So they had this massive head start. So when suddenly people... The New York and the London Marathon, all these races like that. Japanese had 40, 30, 40 years of experience. Yeah. They were popping up, winning them all. And like breaking all the... Yes, yeah, you know, yeah. Topping the, the fastest times in the year. And the Kenyans weren't really running marathons at that stage. Well, not very much. So they were kind of like the dominant force. But... Uh, it's a, do you think it's the accident, do you think part of it sort of... It combines that kind of physical purification through effort thing with the business ethic in Japan as well, that kind of... Yeah, it's so a weird hybrid, isn't it, of the yeah. two? Well, so the other, the other interesting factor about Japan is you get all these corporate teams, which are teams that actually belong to the companies. They're not just sponsoring them. They, they set them up and they pay the runners a salary to, to be part of the team. So Honda have got a team and Toyota have got a team. But these, the principal reason for these is for the athlete, uh, for the employees of these companies to have something to get behind and to feel unified behind their right. identity. Yes, yeah, or yeah. There's a, there's a kind of element of advertising the firm as well. But 
that's the, the primary reason. So there is a kind of collective sense of we're doing it for not only for our team, but the whole company. Yes, yeah. And there's not many countries where you get no, of course. that kind of company loyalty. No, no, no. no, no. That, inspire, that kind and, of and it makes, you know, you, when you hear it, you think, oh, I see how that works. Yeah. But when you think about it, like you say, you've got no... We've got no emotional frame of reference for no, that. No. It's just a completely different way of doing yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't, you know. I'm sure most people who work for, I don't know, Barclay Card, probably couldn't give two monkeys if, you know, the Barclay Card football team was doing well or something. No, I think here in Britain we reserve the right to kind of feel almost exactly the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to come and see the company team run? No, no, I don't. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <please>. <laughs> Two or three day jolling, get really drunk, it's kind of a different. <laughs> and then heckle them. Yeah. <laughs> Come on! You're useless! <laughs> the fact that these guys are actually paid a decent salary yeah. to be runners. And there's men's and women's teams as well. So there's. I worked out there's about 1,500 professional long distance runners in Japan. If you compare that with, say, the UK, where there's probably slightly maybe odd. 10 or 20, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's a huge disparity and, and gives them a massive starting block when it comes to like running pool of talent. But then what's so fascinating is they don't actually do very well in yeah. the champs and stuff, even in the marathon these days. And, uh, and so that's a big conundrum in Japan. And I had my own thoughts on that, which unfortunately, because the Japanese are so polite, because my book's been published in Japan, right? And I've been desperately asking everyone I know who's Japanese how people are reacting to me. Yeah. And they would say, oh, yes, everyone likes it. I'm like, yeah, you sure? <laughs> Even though I say, like, Japanese running system is terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, they don't mind. But I'm sure there must be some, uh, some disagreement and some debate about that. But it's, you know, my Japanese, unfortunately, never got to a very high level. So I was always relying on translators. <laughs> you know, I felt added to the adventure. I quite, you know, I write from a very first-person perspective, and so I ended up in quite a lot of situations where I had no clue what was going on, what was going to quite happen. Exciting. Next. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I thought, even writing it, I found it quite entertaining. Maybe and not necessarily at the time it was happening. And again, you found things that made you faster. That all that muscle activation and the kind yeah. of. The squats and yeah, so seems to tie in quite nicer with you getting faster as well. Yeah, so I did get a lot faster coming back from Japan, which was interesting because I spent most of the book criticising their system. Right, but <laughs> it worked for you. Well, a lot of what I learned was kind of, kind of almost in parallel to my experience in Japan, rather than directly from it. But again, it was that idea that you know to be fast, you've got to work on your core. Yeah, you've got to work on your. You know, it's not just running. It's it's mobility and core strength. Yeah, mobility is key as well. Like, you know, how you how you can move not not only just stretching, but your sideways movement, your 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 spine, even your diaphragm, getting everything to kind of loosen up through certain exercises. Uh, and obviously, I just had six months where my main focus out there was running, yeah. so that helped. Uh, and it's all yeah, it all came together. So the year after Japan, which is 2014. I broke all my PBs again. That's amazing. But I, so I, was, I was 41 then. So I was like, this is great. I'm invincible. You know, I'm just going to keep getting faster. But since then, I haven't, uh, haven't run any faster. So maybe so I don't know whether I'm going downhill or it's... Well, where are you going to go next? You know, I mean, well, what, what continent is there? <laughs> well, I'm doing the ultras, which I see is a kind of continent of its own. Yeah, yeah. A world of its own. An undiscovered country. So, uh, can we make a beeline? Is there some toilets up there? They're, uh, they're down in that corner. All oh, right, okay. We can go that way. Yeah, that they annoyingly have a, 
have a, ch- a gate with a charge on it. Oh, oh the cafe, right. is it the cafe on the hill? Actually, let's go this way, because there's one this way, oh, which right. you can just go in for free. Morning, man. Uh, we wouldn't want to be on record jumping over the barrier, would no, we? No, no, no. Now, <laughs> we've got, of course, we've got quite a lot of pound coins with us still. That's the thing, if you could put a pound in, maybe you'd do it, but you've got to have the exact change. Yeah. Who's now, what, just jumping back a step, yep. what are those PBs? Oh, right. I'm sure our listeners want to know. <laughs> well, I, I mentioned the Marathon B250. Yep. Which is actually the one I'm kind of least pleased with. The one out of probably all of them, I still think I can beat. Uh, half marathon I've done, 77. That's a girl's time. Nice. Yeah, girl's time. <laughs> you know, really, I mean, 70s a girl's time, not 77. Yeah. But I, I, I was pretty pleased with that at the time. Yeah, that's great. I was no, that's huge. And then 34 for the 10k. Oh, which I, these wow. are sharp times. Probably my, my favourite PB. I think. Yeah. Because you, because you had a, 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 a sudden 10k PB. Right, uh, not the beginning of all your running, but at the beginning of all. Oh yeah, well, so just before I went to Kenya, well, the, like I say, I was starting off from someone who hadn't done much. I mean, I'd run a lot as a junior. I was like a, a run, county runner as a junior, running the England Championships and yeah. English schools and stuff. So I was a reasonably high level, but obviously you don't do 10Ks at that age. So from 5K up, I had no PBs. And I'd done one when I was very unfit many years before, 46, 46 minutes. So then when I did my first proper one, I ran 38 minutes, which is like an 8-minute PB. Yeah. yeah, it's brilliant. Which was good. But it's kind of easy to do PBs when you're starting out. Yeah, yes. but yeah, yeah, it's great, isn't it? It's, a, it's also easy to diss a PB yeah. uh, when you know, someone else is thinking, I will never achieve that. Yeah. Well, I know it's so relative because sometimes you see someone complains about the fact they only ran 38 minutes. Everyone's like, God, that's, you know... I'd give my yeah. left finger, maybe not, maybe not my left leg. IT. <laughs> to run that fast, but it's a really thing. Kenyan, you can't believe you're actually that slow. What you were saying about um, London this year is uh, obviously, yeah, like you say, PBs can be low hanging fruit at times. When, and it's just time to get everything we've been talking about. Like, it's good to measure your times, but it's nice to just get out there and run and then have a look afterwards to see what you did and how yeah. you're improving and stuff. But you do get this balance between going at it and going hard and seeing how you do. But also, just some days you, you just you, you're just there. Yeah, yeah. That's if you do it a lot, I think if you're a park runner or something, yeah, then it's great if you go every Saturday because one Saturday in a blue yeah. moon, like yeah. two or three times you ever go, yeah, you will be faster than you were all the other times. Yeah, and not really know why. That's almost one of the best feelings in running, isn't it? That feeling where you you surprise yourself with what you're able to do. Yeah, I've, I've had, often had it on training runs and kind of wished it. I was having a race that day. But you're just running. You feel like you're flat out, and actually you go, actually, I want to do one more. I want to go faster. Yeah, yeah. And you can. Normally you can't. It's just available to you that day. Yeah, getting that in a in a race. So if we go out into Primrose Hill, isn't there a free toilet? That's where. Yeah, that's where I'm yeah. thinking. Great. So just cross over to Primrose Just a bit further, Paul. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do a Yorkshire on <laughs> No, I won't say it. <laughs> Have you done the Yorkshire Marathon? No. Uh-huh. I've, done how many? I've done New York, London three times. Uh, Lewa Marathon twice in Kenya. Yeah. I went back there a couple of years later and did it again. In a faster time. Brilliant. Because uh, I, I kind of end the main chunk of the book in Kenya running. That's the race I do in the end of the book. Yeah. Uh, and I've done one other. Oh, yeah, the Edinburgh Marathon. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah. 
Was that sort of a little bit out and back out of town? Yeah. yeah. They kind of bill it as like the fastest marathon in Britain because it's got a slight downhill. Yeah. But actually, if it's windy, which it often is on that seafront, it can be pretty tough marathon. Yeah. yeah. The day I did it, it was really strong winds. So that was a good race. I had a... That's another nice story, actually. I got one of the guys who'd helped me out in, in Kenya. Yeah. Who was a bit of a, by Kenya standards, a complete no-hoper. Had a marathon PB of 2.28, if you would believe. Nice. Couldn't even believe he was actually a runner. Oh, yeah. At that time. Useless. But I got him over to run the Edinburgh Marathon. Actually got him over. To, he's run it about four times now. Yeah. But one year, the year I ran it, he came second around 2.16. So <laughs> it was a great little story. He won some prize money and went home and had some money. Brilliant. Yeah, had a great time. Jaffet, that's Jaffet Kovic. I'm going to give him a plug. Very For good. anyone who's read the book and wants to know who the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. A very, very, very lovely guy, Jaffet. So, as someone who's run New York and London more than once, yeah. what are the similarities and differences between those two? They are very that's similar. Not a, that's not a selfish question or anything. No, the atmosphere is very similar. They're both really loud. Really passionately supported, yeah, which yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. Just right. here. Uh, the difference is mainly the course, I think. Because yeah. okay. oh. the, uh, you know, the New York has got quite a few hills, you know, yeah. com- compared to London. I mean, nothing major, nothing you should, you know, worry about. But you do have to take them into account. And yeah. You do end up doing the odd mile here or there a little bit slower. Than I developed think. a little theory of the uh, hills in London this year, which is that it's when people say London's pretty flat, yeah. I think that you know, that's fair. That's yeah. a fair assessment. Yeah, yeah. There is no proper hill no, on a yeah. London marathon. But what little inclines there are are problematic, particularly if you're a kind of classic yeah. London marathon, never done a marathon before, never yeah. do one again runner. Yeah is that they're actually light enough to be that you don't notice you're on them. Yeah. Which is actually quite bad for a hill because yeah. you don't <laughs> adjust for it. And two, they're just timed awfully. Yeah, they were near the there's end. There's a little they? one yeah. just, over the, just over the halfway point. Yeah. And there's a little one just when you get back to Westbury Circus. Yeah. Just, yeah, just when you're thinking of giving up on life anyway. <laughs> it suddenly just gets a little bit harder yeah. for, for a quarter of a mile. And like I say, for, for, for a couple of thousand people, they won't even know why. Yeah. They'll just think, well, now it's got hard. Yeah, it's just suddenly got harder. Yeah. Well, New York, you start, the first mile is uphill. Because it's incredible. I mean, with the scale of things in America mm-hmm. is brilliant. So the first two miles of New York is just across a bridge, one bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so the first mile is up, the second mile is down. That's just one bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and it is, I mean, you don't, you're in the first mile of a marathon, so you're not struggling, but... You do definitely notice. I'm yeah. Like, wow, we're going out. We're still going out. We're it's still on this bridge. Is it still good? on Does this it bridge? stop you going off at a ridiculous Probably, sprint? yeah. Though then the second mile's downhill, so then you can, yeah. you can go off slowly, but then suddenly go too fast. Yes. But, uh, and everyone around you, of course, is doing the same because everybody goes too fast in marathons. Oh, so absolutely. You're surrounded the, by people going too fast. I keep trying to become someone who runs, steadily runs 715, 720 yeah. minute miles like I used to be because I ran the first half of this year's marathon in 715 miles yeah. and, w- and fooled myself at the time that, yeah. that was just me going steady. Yeah. You know. um, but then also during that time, maybe three miles in, I went to the toilet. Yeah. And I was making that average. Yeah. So oh, right. somewhere I found, I found myself a half minute break and made it up. <laughs> it's just too fast. It's just yeah. too fast. And you're just buying yeah. yourself, you know, like you say, a, a kind of wipeout at some point towards the yeah, end. Yeah, you, you think because you feel easy. You so think, much. I can go this pace. It's not, you know, I'm not struggling. I can go this pace. That's what I do. I think I convince myself that I'm just 
I'm feeling better than I thought. You know, yeah, why yeah. not? Just keep it up. Yeah, it's yeah. not you're not struggling, and and you're, and you're in that zone, aren't you? You're not you're not running as fast as you possibly could. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah, just yeah. running faster no, than you should. I've run every marathon, the first half way too quick, every single one. So. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that we have to find a new way of describing it. If everyone's doing it and you get away with it, then it's not too quick, is it? So much as well. I think I think I would. Quick. I think I'd have run quicker if I'd have paced it better. Yeah. yeah, do you need to start doing your intervals? I could do, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we yeah. better, and we're by the canal here, so we can yeah, just yeah, head can back. follow it back. Well, well then we'll, uh, we'll... Say goodbye. Yeah, let you put that back on so you can be a... It's been fantastic to see you running with you. You're so chilled yeah. out running. I like Such your a natural runner. Well, well, I bought up. This is well, a bit especially. of a tribute, really. <laughs> it's when you, when when you were there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Did you go? You went to Kenya? No, I haven't yet. I'd love to go. I'd love to go at some stage. Of course. Of course we will. And we'll be in touch later along your ultra journey, because it sounds fantastic. I'm really interested. At some stage, we'll get round to ultras, yeah. won't we? If our, if our bodies hold. But it's yeah. great to see you well, doing Well, they're, they're an adventure. Absolutely, sure. yeah. It yeah. feels like it. Yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. feels like it. Once you go, once you realise you can't go faster at a marathon, it just feels like the thing to do, doesn't it? Just run along yeah. and have fun. Yeah. What's your... Um, keep the gate open for the 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then slam it shut. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this, I mean, there's a bit of a chain on that gate. I'd love to... We could act it out now. We could... Two of us could <laughs> yeah, run through here yeah, and we yeah, just yeah. slam this gate yeah. in each other's yeah, faces. And all the music well. stops. <laughs> all the lights go yeah, on. The sun goes on. Everyone sinks to the toilet, knees. but you can't <laughs> get there. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so what's your um, Twitter handle? For want of a just place. at a Darren End. Um, I'm, my name's so unique, you know. So yes, I yeah. think I may be the only one in the world. Yes. So yeah, yeah. The, we Google the Darren and A D H A R A N A N D. Let's get a yeah. picture of the two of us yes. with the hill behind. And uh, then we ran up it. And you must. Uh, we everyone should read your books as well. They they're really great. I need a haircut. <laughs> they're fantastic. They're great books. They're a yeah, real journey. Really they're nice. really interesting. Yeah. A lot to learn from them. But that kind of sort of t- travel thing as well with yeah. it, a new culture yeah. and immersing yourself in a new culture I kind of saw the in both cases the running was almost like a window into that country yes. a different yeah. angle on that you know you've seen Japan from different sides but you never looked in this window in Japan yes or, or yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing yeah, Kenya yeah. was maybe more about the running but Japan yes. was as much about Japan as yes. the running yeah, 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 how yeah, much yeah. time do you get to spend in your house not doing much you've got is there any other Running cultures, I'm, I'm wondering to, to immerse yourself. Yeah, I Finland, don't know. I mean, maybe no, they're not quite as extreme. No, though, no, that's the thing. Not. I mean, the there was there was a while for a while Morocco had a bit of a good yes. culture, but I mm. think that seems to have petered out a bit. Mm. I mean, obviously there's Ethiopia. Yes, but yeah. that's a very similar. I did go to, to Kenya, Ethiopia when yeah. I was uh, researching the Kenya book. Yeah, and it, it, it's a very similar story of mm. like, you know people doing it because they need to because it's a way out and. And kind of having the role models and do living at altitude. And do you know what the next one is after ultras? Is it's really old people sprinting. Oh. That club runner. Oh, club yeah. runners. Club 94 runners. year old. Yeah, yeah. Because people who love running don't want to stop yeah. running. But obviously the yeah. distances over yeah, time yeah. start to wear the body out. And then they c- there's a point at which you go beyond ultras and then start coming down in distance. It's very competitive. They sort of over 70 sprints. Yeah. Well, sprints. Just, just sprint the senior. Section. Yes. Senior Actually, I, I think because there's like yeah. a senior Olympics or something. Yes. Thought, yeah. as especially as I get older. <laughs> <laughs> well, either you could <laughs> wait until you're older or you could disguise yourself like Clive Dunn. And kind of go undercover. Just, just wear a suit. <laughs> well, listen, it's been a pleasure. Get in touch with us on uh, Runcom Pod on Facebook and uh, keep us in touch with all your summer running activity. And uh, it's been great. But how long cool. have we run for? I don't even know how long we've run for. Oh, yeah. 48 minutes. Okay, cool. There you yeah. go. Well, yeah. how much longer will you run for? I've got to do my whatever do it takes. I'm, I'm finished work for the day. so I'm, um, Okay, I've okay. just realised that if we go say goodbye to you, you're going to run off with this recorder. Oh, yeah. I'm taking it off. <laughs> okay, it off. Okay. Okay. okay, goodbye. Let's press stop. Run. 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 Run.
with Paul Tolkien. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Concerned and